Hey, Dad. Hi, Ernie. How are you, Mom? Doing good. So one second. Oh. Let me put my hearing aid on. That way, it'll go straight into the hearing aid. <laughs> uh, that way, I don't have to put it on speaker. I'm going to go straight there. Okay. So, this is like a conference call? Uh, is that yeah. What is this? Okay. Yeah, it's called Uber Conference. It uh, has two, a couple of nice features. One is that it does a dial out, so it calls you. Okay. If you don't have to remember to call it. Okay. Um, second thing is it uh, you know records it all, and they even generate okay. a transcript. Oh. It's not very good, but they have it. So. Um, so okay. anyway, uh, so yeah, this is what I do when I take walks with Quinn. I schedule conference calls and record them and turn them into podcasts. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, I did a lot. I did that with the uh, the planning team for Discipling by Jesus. We would have weekly calls and follow up calls. Oh, I see. And then we'll all turn into a podcast. Okay, it doesn't really. Uh, the sound doesn't bother you. Uh, car sounds and other things. No, there's Don't very little in. background, and you know, I have my AirPods Pro, so they filter out. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. See, my yeah, ears doing it on... Say that again? When I did it on the train, that was a problem, because the train noises uh, in the background okay. were quite annoying. But uh, on these roads, there isn't much traffic. Yeah. See, my ear canal is quite small. So huh. uh, or, the ordinary uh, ear plugs keep falling out. Uh, I need one with a little, you know, the little rubber caps and stuff. They stay in. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So anyway, all right. Uh, no, I need the book too, right? Uh, yeah. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah, that way you can make sure you want to check your data. Okay. Okay. So how do you do this? <clears throat> So, uh, how far have you read so so far? That one chapter you told me to read. Right. Yeah. Part so that's one. good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we we'll start uh, just by kind of summarizing. Why don't you just start by summarizing the plot so far? Okay, and then. Um, then we kind of discuss the themes and the. I guess the 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 kind of the big question that I suggested is we so I guess start the podcast off where. Doing uh, the book Today We Choose Faces by Roger Zelazny, which was written in the in 1972. And oh, okay. uh, we're, we're, so we're going to do this as a weekly podcast where we read a chapter every week and discuss it. I've read the book through several times, but this is your first time going through the book, which is exciting right. because I get to kind of see it through your eyes uh, okay. where I know how the story ends and what's going to happen to the characters but you don't and it's really interesting right. to see your perspective on what you think is happening okay and uh yeah the big question is who's the good guy and who's the bad guy which is a complicated mm -hmm. question in, in this book in particular well but it's now, uh, too early to, too late, early to tell right i mean it's too early to tell right. it's only part one okay the way so far what I gathered was this um, Angel uh, Denigri. Angelo Denigri. Yeah. Angelo Denigri. Yeah. Angelo yeah. Denigri. They later on became Nero, I guess. 
and uh, he was a hitman for the mob. And probably around 1973. So, and he got shot. And uh, and I don't like his style here, here, there, there, and stuff is quite annoying. But that's uh, not the point. So then he apparently froze his body, and they unfroze him and thawed uh, him out and healed all the wounds and everything. And he, he came back several several generations later as himself. And uh, he meets his great, 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 great grandson. And he finds uh, the world in a different uh, place than where he left it. It's advanced in many, many ways. But as far as the, the, um, the family the, the criminal family is concerned, that has uh, obtained legitimacy and they even have a place in the stock exchange. But human nature being what it is, they still have problems and um, they have an enemy and they want the enemy terminated. And the great-great-great-grandson chooses him to uh, do the job and this guy's character is so he he apparently has a baby face and uh, and he doesn't feel any emotions when he's killing people uh, so he's probably is a good candidate for that and then so they send him out to sicily and um, then also for his training how am i doing so far oh great job yeah there's a few little there, uh, details huh? Keep going. This is great. So he meets this girl. And, uh, I think her name is Julia. And who's uh, she, she works with clones. And also she's a paint. She paints things. Uh, she's a painter. And they fall in love. And one day she asks him, uh, you know. Uh, she says, I have to go, and she says, uh, what is it? And I never could understand whether he explained it to her or not. Mm. Meanwhile, he he got interested in her uh, vocation as a person cloning things, and um, that apparently comes in handy later on. Anyway, mm. so then uh, he is uh, dropped off into this another planet where this guy, the the uh, threat to their family, his name is Siler, is situated, and he has got a lot of uh, defense mechanisms. But he is trained for that because apparently other people have gone before him, and, uh, and his family had learned a lot from that and uh, prepared him for that and protected him with a lot of uh, defense mechanisms as well as armor. Then he starts uh, destroying one after the other, and as soon as he ends, uh, lands in that planet, the Siler's voice comes into his earpiece. So he's talking to him, and uh, uh, the angel does not, he doesn't respond at all. He keeps quiet, and the other guy keeps going, and he 
he keeps destroying defense after defense after defense and uh, uh, finally they also are destroying some of his uh, transport and other things and basically siler is uh, playing with his client and telling him things you are not going to escape and then he tells him uh, why don't you join me type of thing you stay where you are i'll send somebody to pick you up and of course this guy doesn't agree to that and finally he enters the chamber where siler is sitting apparently uh, he is connected to all the uh, gadgets that are there computers and other things and he has a gun and he shoots uh, angel and but he's protected from that uh, or he has a like a dagger and he uh, stabs him and stabs angel stabs Tyler yeah Angel stabs Siler just to be, keep track. Angelo yeah. stabs Siler just to keep track of the pronouns. Yeah, yeah. Angelo Siler yeah. uh, um, shoots him, and Angelo stabs Siler, and it looks like he's dead. But then the phone on his desk rings, and Angelo picks up the phone, and it is Siler's voice, and he says, "My brain cells are not completely gone yet, and so I can still transmit my." Uh, thoughts to you and uh he says you know you're you're not going to um uh escape from here and then he also says everything is in the other building on the other end of this uh area and then he dies so he hangs up the phone and um then uh, this is where the problem is you know here 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 there there then i don't know how long uh how much of a time expired but then there's the last pages of the chapter he he's dying and just before he dies uh, he says that he doesn't like him himself basically mm-hmm. and he, he plugs the pin something and when he does that the cloning starts and apparently he's being cloned and all the clones escape that's how the chapter ends so that's, that's all great, i got Ted. yeah that was really good summary i think the only major plot point that's worth uh uh emphasizing even though it's kind of a minor detail in this part of the narrative it's the whole basis of the rest of it is that there was this globe there was this uh, interstellar war taking place yeah and, i mean uh, i i read it from the uh back of the book uh, yeah. not that much mention uh, here the, the, the and, back of the uh, book was the, the back of the book is highly misleading <laughs> but yeah but but at least they say a, that there is a, a kind of a war going on and, and yeah. apparently there was little glimpses of it in this chapter where it says you know it's all devastated there it's kind of devastated and uh, things like that and for some reason he believes that uh, the, his girlfriend has died in this catastrophe somehow right yeah they don't describe that at all here you know because he specifically he doesn't say the war destroyed this because he says i'm looking for her uh i don't know whether she's alive or not and whether she has a grave or not and things like that so it's kind of if you read the whole book maybe you'll understand what the first chapter is meaning so well yeah but uh if i can give you a little bit of context you know, they hint at this but they don't necessarily 
it's sort of like in, in passing, you're never quite sure if it's a reliable narrator or not. So the, uh, so anyway, that was really great, Dad, thank you. So a couple of points. One is that uh, the framing of the book is odd, right? There's sort of a, a narrator's voice who's talking to you uh, from what sounds like a sea of memories. And he's talking mm -hmm. and saying, I can pick up memories and some of them are clear, like this memory. So the first memory uh, is Evangelo De Negri being um, killed. And actually, it's interesting because he's like this mob hitman. Yeah. And he's betrayed by one of his bodyguards who also yeah. gets killed. Yeah, uh, right. Evangelo's uh, um, uh, smugness. And yeah. so, that, so that's kind of the, it sets up this Angelo De Negri character is very cold-blooded. And in living in a very violent world full of betrayals yeah. and death. Yeah. And then he surfaces again, you know, 100 or 200 years later, whatever, in yeah. this really um, civilized world where they don't seem to have any wars. You know, organized crime has gone mainstream as legitimate businessmen. And yeah. on the surface, at least, it seems like a much more civilized, much more humane society. Yeah. But, you know, Angelo says, but you don't seem to have actually eliminated the possibility of war. And yeah. his uh, descendant says, oh, yeah, you know, we pretty much have. And they, they, they kind of agree to disagree about that. And then the, um, but then what happens is, and then the, the way it is now is that their part, you know, the family uh, that was organized crime is now a multinational corporation or a multi-planetary corporation. Right. And and then the Siler is a executive in a rival corporation. Right. And the the science fiction setting of it is that uh the the earth has colonized multiple planets. But none of those planets yeah, some, are ready to yeah, some of them are colonized, some of them are you know, they have uh, access to them. Yeah, anyway. Right, but the important thing is that none of these planets are actually ready to support life on their own. Right. Uh, sort so of, that's why uh, colonization. Large... Uh, that's why colonization may not be the right word, but uh, because they yeah. they don't have, they are not habitable. Almost. Yeah, yeah. And so they're 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 sort of beginning the slow process of terraforming, and they're living in these shelters in these different colonies. Um, and the, um, and apparently they've also perfected teleportation. Yeah. People are able to teleport between worlds. And so that's the political uh, setup. And then, uh, so the idea is that while Angelo is being trained and, uh, you know, deployed to fight Tyler, like while he's doing that, civilization is falling apart and erupting into this interstellar war, which is also destroying most of Earth. Yeah, and see, so, the problem is, of course, this is too early in the book. Uh, I don't really know why Siler had to be killed because it's just like the old mob guys, they don't want to control this business also or because uh, they're going to get world dominance. Uh, they're really not clear. Yeah. This is, so the interesting thing is, is we can look at it from, I think that's one of the interesting things about this story is you mm. can look at it from different viewpoints. So from Angelo De Negri's viewpoint, he's a man of honor, you know, even if he's incredibly violent and ruthless. 
And so he mm. feels he owes a debt to his grandson to, you know, in exchange for being brought back to life, he needs to do a job for him. Uh, and he also, you know, it speaks to him as his sense of, well, I like to do what I'm good at and I, you know, need to have some purpose for being here. And, you know, he, as Angelo feels, um, um, you know, it is, in, it is in accord with his nature to take on an extremely difficult and violent task, uh, A, to further the interests of the family, mm. and B, to demonstrate that he still has value. Uh, one of the interesting things is that Angelo seems a bit embarrassed by this new civilized world. He feels like he himself is a bit of a throwback to an older life, an older way of doing things. Yeah. And he is... Um, conflicted about who he is in that sense. Yeah. Like he's trying to do well, but, but he kind of feels a bit embarrassed at how brutal and savage he is compared to his descendants. Yeah, see, also there's a little glimpse of their interstellar war or whatever when one of the his trainers comes into his room. Mm. And, and he talks about it, you know, this, we shouldn't let it happen, we shouldn't happen, that type of thing. Yeah, and, and he feels guilty. I think the other guy feels guilty. And it's interesting that <coughs> they are training him, and he says that they're going to erase their memories, so they won't know. And when they find that out, you know, they they have a different opinion of uh, Angelo. Uh, yeah. So there's a little glimpse of that, but um, yeah, yeah. He, he but in the last pages of the chapter, he says, uh, "I hate." Angelo, or something like that. What does he say? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, this, says, is, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I destroyed a portion of myself, and I wanted Angelo to agree to stay dead. I hated him. Then I activated the clones, and we could trust us completely. We got out. Yeah. So, well, so yeah. yeah. So there's a couple uh, of. Across yeah. the moral evolution uh, with him to guide it and evolve along with the others staying only one step behind as I saw it to take out the dirty work. I don't know what he means by moral evolution. So, Right, yeah, and that's actually a great question. Um, the um, So there's a couple of science fiction elements uh, that are important here. Um, I mean, the fact that there's all travel and that they can jet between planets is kind of a minor point. The, the two really interesting science fiction ideas here one is this idea of erasing memories. The idea is that yeah. you can very carefully and surgically remove certain parts of your memory and kind of by implication certain parts of your personality. I have read and, other novels where uh, I have read uh, other novels where they uh, this is a, a CIA a group that puts a memory suppressor and the guy doesn't know who he is and uh, they so, give him a, so total yeah. Yeah, total amnesia yeah, so is a common Yeah, but trait. it's all science fiction. It's, yeah. it's all science fiction. But this is even uh, sort of more surgical. You, you can precisely uh, mm. eliminate certain aspects uh, of your personality. And yeah. the interesting thing, this is introduced when his trainers are training him. And at first, they're kind of embarrassed that they're training him for this assassination mission. Mm -hmm. But then when they discover that they won't have any memory of it, suddenly they become much more comfortable with the idea. Yeah. 
Right. Right. So the idea is that like they are sort of culturally conditioned to be ashamed of glorying in violence. But mm. when they're kind of given a guilt-free zone, they allow themselves to indulge that. Mm. Which is an yeah. interesting uh, theme, I think, that's very deliberately emphasized here. The second thing that we glossed over, uh, which was uh, which is critical to the way this works, and it's hinted at in the last few sentences, is that in this universe, cloning was this thing that was only going to happen a few hundred years in the future, uh, starting mm. with sheep, which is, in fact, what actually happened in our world. Um, yeah. But there's this weird uh, sort of magical psychic bond between clones and even the original parents. Yeah. So, uh, and she was saying they, that with the sheep, that if one of them gets sick, yeah. they all yeah. get sick. Yeah, everybody got sick, yeah. Right. Yeah, so his, the um, the concept they have here is mm. that, um, you know, just hinted at the end there, is that, so Angelo is stuck on this planet with all this advanced technology, mm. and that he's kind of the only person who kind of knows what's really happening with the whole human race. And so he decides... Why do you say that? Because the well, other guy seemed to know. One of his trainers seemed to know. Yeah, Siler, Siler seemed to know. So Siler, He's the only so guy Siler in the planet who know knows what's up now. Right, but Siler's dead now, as far as we can tell. Right? Uh, yeah, and so, yeah. You're talking about so, after the, the second chapter. So after the bed, right. So Siler and... and uh, another thing that uh, that came up is this whole Shakespearean reference to Othello and Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah I those, saw but that. But the basic idea... Is that, he, is that uh, uh, I mean, kind of the, the simplified version is Hamlet is this really strong action figure who spends all his time thinking and dithering trying to decide what to do. Yeah. And he ends up getting sort of ensnared in his uncle's scheme. Whereas Othello is a decisive uh, man of action who gets paranoid and ends up striking out against everyone around him and sort of creating his own doom. And so the, what Siler says is that Siler's kind of like uh, Hamlet, like he knows everything, but he can't make a decision. Mm. And he, he sees Angelo, Angelo. At, at, as Angelo the Othello Angelo. character, who is very decisive, but is acting mm. on poor information. And he says okay. that, you know, if we had swapped roles, you know, Hamlet, you know, would have thought carefully and figured out he was being manipulated. And... Mm. Uh, um, Othello would have just gone ahead and killed his uncle, Hamlet's mm. uncle, and be done with it, right? It would have been really simple. Oh, okay. and, and so his point was that Tyler, mm. you know, could see everything that was going on to the human race. He could see that the human race was going to destroy itself, was facing yeah. this genocidal war, and he made all these plans and all these schemes, but he could plan everything out and have all these resources, but he couldn't actually take decisive action to make things, to fix anything, mm -hmm. right? And Angela Jungry, who's incredibly decisive and, and uh, controlled, um, you, know, you know, he just operates in his little narrow tunnel vision and ends up there. And so they both are sort of caught up in this tragedy. Mm. Um, the, um, and I think that that also, um, for lack of a word, kind of humbles Angelo and he realizes that he got, you know, um, blindsided by his own uh, narrow focus. And he just he was focusing, I'm just going to take care of me and mine. I don't really care what happens to the world. And he hates that part of himself. Mm. 
right, that, you know, I got caught up in these petty games where you know, the whole world and the people I actually cared about, like this Julia character who he builds this emotional relationship with, and yeah. she is just sort of collateral damage to the destruction of Earth. Yeah. But in some ways, that hits him harder than the mm-hmm. slaughter of billions, yeah. right? Because that's a personal thing. Yeah. And it's like, um, and so that grief, that pain, that shame, that anger, that fear is like, okay, I don't want to be that person anymore. And I think what it means by it's like, okay, uh, like I wish I could be someone who is more civilized and who cared about the greater good. That's what he. Yeah, but then he clones himself. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> so he does two things. He clones yeah. his body. Yeah. Right. So he uses mm-hmm. the advanced labs that are create the clones, and then he, um, uh, but he destroys or or. Uh, pins, let's say, those parts of himself that he doesn't like, and kind of locks them away in the machine, whatever that means. That doesn't, that's, that, that's not specifically mentioned here. You I may know, but know he it like because he, of future oil. Yeah, so it's hinted at here, that, yeah. you know, not giving yeah. way too much to say, yeah. that he, yeah. the, the, the portion of him that he thinks hmm. of as Angela, as the, the, the dark side of Angelo Denegri. All his negative impulses, his selfishness, his um, uh, propensity for violence. Of course, I don't that, know. I don't know that from this chapter. So yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Okay. But you know, the 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 uh, it's kind of implied here, and I'm stating it explicitly yeah. just to kind of give you some some context. You know, the yeah, parts the of other thing... that he despises, he pins mm. away in here, and the mm. implication when he talks about so this is I think what he means by moral evolution. This idea that you know, we have these darker impulses mm. and they are the cause of all this suffering and violence in our world. Mm. And if we could just get rid of those or walk them away somewhere, then we would become uh, better human beings, a better humanity. That seems to be um, the, uh, the way Angelo is justifying both his sort of partial suicide and his um, dream of improving humanity. Yeah, but that's a long stretch, isn't it? I mean, he's, uh, I don't know whether he thinks that technique can be applied to everybody or something like that. Because just because yeah, so, he takes care of it himself, uh, you know, that's a big question, isn't it? Maybe change one person at a time type of thing. Yeah, so that's the interesting yeah. question. And, yeah. uh, and then, you know, I mean, that's really a stretch because, uh, again, like you said earlier, uh, you can specifically destroy certain portions of your your personality or brain, whatever. Because uh, the other side thing we glossed over was this uh, freezing thing. The freezing thing, his body was frozen after he was shot. And he, I don't know, from a medical point of view, all that had to be healed somehow. He says he mentioned in one word that it was all taken care of. So I don't know whether they operated on him and uh, fixed him up and then froze him. The way people thought about it in the 70s was yeah. that if you just flash freeze someone when they have mortal mm. wounds, mm. then you can thaw them out later when medical science has advanced dramatically. And yeah. they'll be able to miraculously cure them. I mean, they didn't know a lot about yeah. the yeah. brain freezing and all these things. So it's all very science fiction-y. 
But it, that yeah, was sort right. of a minor point. That is but you know, you, I mean, yesterday's science fiction is today's uh, normal thing, right? So, yeah, except uh, right. I mean, people told you cryogenic freezing upon death or near death. Uh, but mm-hmm. as far as I know, no one's been successfully revived from any of this. So that part is still science yeah. fiction. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, but a lot a of stuff pl- that was science fiction, uh, like... Uh, uh, the cloning, right? Cloning of, of, of sheep yeah. is like a normal thing now. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Um, but anything involving the brain, we're probably pretty much still where we were. Uh, I mean, we can pinpoint some things using functional MRI, uh, but nothing, anything like that part of science fiction. No, Ernie, I mean, uh, no, no, it's not that far because um, we have medications now with say cancer, right? That's with mm-hmm. monoclonal antibodies and things like that, that specifically attack certain themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if uh, the technology improves there, they can map the brain and see where these things are, and then maybe in the frontal lobe, and the chemical nature, if they find out, they can find another chemical that can destroy it or block it. So it's not that far from possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think the statement is that so at this point, we don't have the uh, precise resolution on things like memories or personality. But on the other hand, we do have you know, a much richer understanding of particular neurotransmitters and things like that, like for very sort of coarse-grained uh, emotional reactions like aggression or bad expression, right? Yeah. There, for very specific things, you can say, okay, this is tied to this sort of a chemical imbalance, and we can treat this sort of at a coarse-grained balance level and try and reduce this. I mean, today, for example, uh, we can talk about how aggression is linked to testosterone and compassion is linked to oxytocin uh, or oxytocin. And, you know, those aren't precise statements, but they're kind of true. And one should imagine that, you know, people have different balances of these things, which uh, may influence behavior in certain ways. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, the concept of influencing behavior is obviously, I mean, even back then it was real, it was just even cruder than it is now. Yeah. Uh, influencing personality at a precise level is still science fiction. Um, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, I think this is a, the interesting thing. And the, um, so uh, just given where we are so far, do you have a sense for who is the good guy and who is the bad guy at this point in time? Or what did you take on it? Or I can share mine if you like. Like for me, at this point in the story, Siler feels mm. like the good guy, right? Uh, he genuinely cares about the survival of the entire human race, not just himself. He's willing to expose himself to great personal risk. And it almost kind of implies that he expected Angelo to kill him, was almost hoping that Angelo was uh, 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 gutsy enough and tough enough to be able to break through all those defenses. And so it feels to me like Silas kind of sacrificed himself to bring Angelo here. I mean, the best case would have been if Angelo agreed to work with him, you know, and actually accepted it, but he didn't really think that was likely. But he, he actually saw it as sort of an asset. Like if he's that fanatically devoted, if I can put him in a position where he's persuaded that he has a chance to serve humanity, then he will. And so 
the, uh, I guess in some sense, Angel and Negri sort of follow Siler's example and that he sort of sacrifices himself to create uh, sort of Angelo 2.0, the more civilized, humane version of himself, who is devoted not but to- But then he becomes a good guy. <laughs> so yeah, you so say, if you go so that way, if Angelo does it, that with a good motive, then he becomes a good guy. So, you know, I mean, it's yeah. too early to say that, Ernie, because I, I don't agree with that because, you know, Siler, Siler uh, is doing exactly what uh, Angelo was doing. He's, he's up from uh, well, the implication there was several people came and he destroyed all of them. He killed them. Right. And he, he tried to kill this guy too, Angelo too. So why? He wants to maintain power. He maintained control. So I, I, again, I don't think we can say at the beginning of with one chapter who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. You have to wait. Well, yeah, I'm not saying who is, right? I mean, mm. and can you know who is good, right? As Jesus himself said. But like, it, 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 it's interesting to just ask the question and explore possible answers, right? I'm not claiming there is an answer. Yeah. But you look at it See, from one that, perspective. Another thing that uh, I always yeah. uh, felt was. There's nobody that's totally evil. There's nobody that's totally good. Mm -hmm. And everybody has uh, good points. Everybody has weaknesses. Everybody has uh, bad uh, character traits. And uh, like I, I mentioned to you, probably mentioned to you before I told mommy, mom, uh, the godfather loved his grandchildren. You know? Yeah. yeah. And again, loyalty. These people have loyalty to each other, and they'll, they'll even die for each other. And if you go with the verse, there's no such love better than somebody who's willing to die for his friend, then these people are really noble people. So, uh, so this is proving that point. I think maybe either one of them are totally uh, evil and totally good guys. So we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I think you're absolutely right, but I'm still going to go through the thought experiment in that, you know, mm -hmm. it, at this point, it feels like in the first half of the book, Angelo mm -hmm. is very short-sighted, and he's not selfish in the sense of his personal gain, but he's definitely only concerned about his family and his honor. He doesn't really care much about the larger society or the larger world. And Siler clearly cares about, I think it's safe to say, is caring deeply about these things. Mm -hmm. And so, at least in the first, you know, 90% of this chapter, it kind of feels like Angelo is, uh, kind of knows he's a, he's a bad guy and is a little bit embarrassed about that. And yeah. when he confronts Siler's kind of uh, apparent, you know, possible self-sacrifice, you know, for the good of humanity, it strikes a chord in him. And Angela says, like, yeah, that is something that I would, I would how, rather do how, that how than do what I did. How do you say that his self-sacrifice is uh, suicide or whatever is for the better of humanity? Well, the... Because he brought uh, this guy uh, here and changed him? But no, what he said is that he, uh, I mean, what I took from Siler's thing is that he's amassed all this technology. Well, first of all, Siler saw the war coming, right? So, so here's one thing that, you know, so one, one dimension of, of virtue is to be able to see reality accurately and actually open your eyes to what's actually going on and not 
get blinded by personal power games. And so like Angela's grandchildren were consumed with the position of the family, right? And getting advantage against their competitors. That was what they were focused on. And well, that's not inherently bad. It is still short-sighted, right? To be so focused on your own personal gain that you miss the fact that your world is imploding. And so Siler, I think, was virtuous. Let's use a more neutral term, not so much morality, but like an Aristotelian skill. Uh, he is virtuous in that he has the skill of understanding what's actually going on and not getting consumed with, with sort of immediate family problems. So that's one virtue Siler had. Secondly, it sounds like he not just thought what was going to happen, he tried to prepare for it. It sounded like he was building technology and marshalling resources to um, be able to, if not help, if not prevent the war, at least mitigate its its negative aspects. I don't know Um, how you can say that because I think he was doing the same thing that the family was doing. You think he was only concerned about himself? Yeah. He wants to get, get okay. the control of the thing. Uh, he, and some of the things that he was saying are deceiving this guy, you know, he, so statements that he's making uh, and things like that. He's trying to manipulate this guy. So, okay, so I have a more sympathetic interpretation, right? Because I would yeah, say right, that, right. that Tyler yeah. you had, in fact, wired himself up to all these uh, machines and he could have sent a little drone uh, mm. or a robot to go pick Angelo up. So I think it was sincere. Um, and so I, so yeah, I, I take it right. And you're right. This was ambiguous in the text. Um, but like my reading of it is yeah. that I see it as Siler as someone who generally does. Is, so we agree that he's more aware of what's going on than Angelo was. Um, no, I you, you, you believe him then because uh, Angelo didn't believe him that somebody's going to come right, and pick this, him up. He well, thought, you know, it, but, he, but, the guy will come and kill him. Mm. Right, yeah. That's what yeah, he didn't trust him. Yeah. He didn't trust him. But it turns out yeah. that, you know, we do know that Siler was right that, in fact, there was a, a massive interplanetary war which did destroy most of civilization. So that part he was telling the truth about. And that makes me more inclined. I didn't know that. That was the thing. That in, in the first chapter, in, in, he, just, uh, he just says, uh, I'm looking for Julia without implying that there was a uh, interplanetary war and there was a destruction of the Earth. You, you may know because of what happened later on. So. Yeah, but yeah, no, but yeah, the 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 the. I thought it said, I thought he actually admitted that at one point that he says yeah, he was right about there actually being a war. Um, so yes, so that part is. Yeah, something. Is, I, I mean, is, maybe I didn't read it enough to understand that. Uh, yeah, because you so know that, he got a glimpse of that. Angela got a glimpse of that when that uh, one of his trainers came into his uh, room right. to, to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, the war was anyway. the war was, was yeah. starting underway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so it, it it is it is oddly glossed over, right? So like mm. it's not unreasonable for you to be skeptical of it, um, and but yeah, I think the the narrative is pretty strongly that you know. Whatever, you know, whether it was total destruction of civilization, clearly it was bad mm. enough that, like, you lost records of people, right? There were massive amounts of displacement and carnage. And even yeah. though there were survivors, there was certainly a serious disruption. And, like, it only makes it clear, like, all the people who sponsored Angelo, like, weren't around to do much. 
like when either they died or they disrupted, like there was no, the family business was gone. I think, oh, really? You know, okay. Clearly, I didn't know. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that was the, yeah. the implication. Is, well, and the, 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 the assumption in the rest of the book, again, uh, as far as we can yeah, see. Would you, uh, would fact, you rather I finish the whole book then? No, no, no. I definitely because want you to, to chapter wrestle chapter. with the, yeah, because I think it's more interesting to have to deal with the ambiguity and which things I believe and which and then you know some of these things that I think I that I interpret like it never occurred to me that maybe it's not uh, like some of these things may not actually be true, right? I I kind of sympathize with Siler and so I accept his interpretation. Um, like and I, like for me and the, for me the big thing is that the fact that he planned this phone call to Angelo after he died strongly mm. implies to me that he. Uh, maybe it was not certain he would be killed, but he assigned a high probability to the fact that he would be killed. And he chose to stay there and face Angelo rather than just run away and hide somewhere where he could prolong his natural life. But he, he and, tried to kill this guy, though. He, he, he just he did. just stay put and uh, let him kill him. He he tried to defend he, himself, he, too. He, uh, he didn't uh, make it Angelo easy. got the better right, of yeah. yeah. Right, he did. But but that Siler, what if he had killed uh, because he had a knife? This guy had a gun. You don't take a knife to a gunfight, right? You know what he, I mean? You know, so yeah, I think uh, he, if he had killed them, then uh, they would have sent another guy after him. So well, if there, there may not have been anybody left, according to this interpretation, right? Mm. That the, there was a war. Yeah, I don't know days. who started the war. And well, we don't know who started the war. Uh, others, but, I don't but, know. But, yeah. Well, we, we don't know either, oh. or what started the war, whatever. Yeah. But the implication, the the, the um, the implication is that it was severe enough war that civilization, as we as we know it, collapsed. Okay. Um, and the implication was that the does he talk about what happens to the survivors? Not was, I thought there was something there. No. Okay, that's right. Okay, uh, but it talks about there being survivors. Um, well, it's, it's the implication because you know, he. Just the last two pages, he says, uh, I wonder if Julia's, uh, where Julia's, whether she died and whether the grave there or something like that. So then yeah, I, I don't assume have, that, yeah. you know, there was something, something happened. And yeah, was, I don't, I, I don't, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually have a copy of the book because I gave you mine. And, and actually, it's not on Kindle or anything. <laughs> okay. it's, it's out of print. I was wondering, I was wondering I about that, whether you have another copy yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I realized that a few days ago. And so I ordered another, I managed to find another mm. used copy somewhere. Uh, mm. And I still don't know what happened to my original copy because I had one here somewhere. But it's hidden in a bookshelf somewhere <laughs> or uh, okay. lost it in a purge. Anyway. Um, this is good, Dad. Thank you. This is what I was hoping, mm. the conversation I was hoping to have, and there's lots of open okay. questions and different perspectives and interesting themes that have come up, and I look forward to uh, continuing them. Discussing them so with what do you want me family. to do next? Just read the next chapter. Just one chapter? Is, yeah, it should be fairly short uh, okay. compared to that first section, and then we'll uh, go from there. Hopefully by then I'll, well, I'll see if I have a book. Okay. So right. um, now, can we stop the recording and uh, talk about other things or not? Or are you going to call back on another line? Let me do that. I'll call back on another line if you want to talk. All okay, right. Ma. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Ed. Thank you, Ma. Thank you. Bye. Mm. I love you. Bye.